Customers are rushing to your store. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it a mm, real POS? You need Shopify for retail. Shopify POS is your command center for your retail store. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify has everything you need to sell in person. With Shopify, you get a powerhouse selling partner that effortlessly unites your in-person and online sales into the one source of truth. Track every sale across your business in one place and know exactly what's in stock. Connect with customers in line and online. Shopify helps you drive store traffic with plug-and-play tools built for marketing campaigns from TikTok to Instagram and beyond. Get hardware that fits your business. Take payments by smartphone, transform your tablet into a point-of-sale system, or use Shopify's POS Go mobile device for a battle-tested solution. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash theathletic, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash theathletic to take your retail business to the next level today. Shopify.com slash theathletic. With that time, Jersey. Just following another really difficult loss and a difficult weekend for Chiefs fans and just headed into a game against the Broncos that theoretically the Chiefs should be able to handle their business during, I couldn't think of a better possible time for Time Zars to, frankly, just finally get good. And I think that's my, that might be what happens here today. No Seth Kaiser as he continues snorkeling and kayaking right now. I don't even know who that guy is. Unbelievable. Uh, but that voice is Nate Taylor. That laughter in the background there, I wonder if we're going to ever get those chuckles confused. Nate, I'll let you do the real honors for the real honoree of today's episode. Um, Thanks, Josh. It's, uh, you know, I don't think you know, it, this was Holly's idea, so I guess we need to give her <laughs> we need to give her the credit, because I guess she watched it in real time. Uh, remember that, uh, you know, Chiefs uh, Ravens game yeah. early in the 2020 season. What a time to be alive! Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> and of course, you know, we, we did the story on it, and and I think what Hayden watched like the first quarter, maybe. Um, and then, and then he went to bed, but yeah, um, I, I showed my father, uh, some tweets earlier today. <laughs> uh, so I want to, I guess I want to say thank you to, to Michael Reed, um, you know, Robert Ware, Derek Shitton, uh, Joshua Brager. Uh, he has a hilarious, I guess that's, uh, the Philly fanatic in his in his avatar, and then Blaine Howard. Uh, I just showed a few of the things that people want uh, us to talk about, but yeah, this is this is my dad. He is sitting next to me, uh, Michael Taylor, uh, lifelong Chiefs fan, lifelong Chiefs fan, definitely. Yeah, and you remember when they when they moved right from. From Dallas, basically to Kansas City. No, actually, uh, oh, even was, better. I'm totally wrong. Before my time, <laughs> before my time, I am 
65 years old. Actually, when I was six, okay, the very first football game I ever saw in my life was Super Bowl one, the Chiefs against the Packers. Mm. And I've been mm. hooked ever since. Mm. So, I've, so I've seen all four Super Bowls with the Chiefs in them. Yeah. So good. I So uh, do I just call you Mike? Does that work? I yeah, feel I Mike's really want to go Mr. Taylor. That really no, is what I feel in my don't, heart. Don't do that. Don't but, do that. Okay. All right, it's what I want to do in 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 my spirit. My my parents would be furious. No, Mike. Um, Mike is good. So, so Mike, um, throughout that that course of your experience in decades as a Chiefs fan, from the first one to the most recent, would you say that you have lived more of a um, more of a suffering life as a Chiefs fan? <laughs> Do you remember the good times more strongly, or do you wear like the Tyler Thigpen scars like the rest of us? I mean, well, what's your what's your story then? Uh, I it's really all of the above because um, you know I remember way back when when uh, Hank Stram was here and Lenny Dawson and all those guys were here. They were a great team, uh, and then uh, after Hank retired and after Lenny left the team, then we went through a really bad string of bad coaches and bad quarterbacks. And so it's 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 been a catch all. It's been a mixed bag, but obviously today, you know, things are great. So And Nate, I mean this is something that I, I got to watch the uh the Chiefs Chargers primetime game with my family uh over the yeah, uh, pre Thanksgiving right. break. Yeah. And one thing that it reminded Renee of is the fact that I am not, I know this is going to be shocking, but it's the God's honest truth. I am not the loudest member of my own family, especially during football games. <laughs> so is that is that the the case in the Taylor household as well? Like, what is the volume genetic? Is the range genetic? Is that is that high pitch that Nate has? Does that pass down? This was, the, by the way, a lot of people ask this. And oh, that's so funny. Uh, I, I'm not sure that's the case. Uh, I get high pitch, you know, sometimes, but but not very often. <laughs> I'm just loud. <laughs> you know, I I get loud like what are you doing or that's a great play or you know yeah. whatever, you know. Remember we used to during the uh during the Dick Vermeil era, we would we would shout out motions and basically oh. know yeah, what was exactly. coming. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> so like, oh, here it is. Like <laughs> Uh, you know, they used to do like this double play action motion and we we would just be like, how do other teams not know the ball's going to Tony Gonzalez? How? <laughs> yeah. It's like play action here, play action there. Oh, Eddie Kinnison doesn't have the ball. Oh, there's, 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 there's Tony Gonzalez wide open in the middle of the field. Yeah, They're yeah. just their best player. So yeah, it's, uh, it's been fun. You know, I think. One story that I don't think a lot of people know was, um, if, I think it was last summer, but you know, we at the athletic basically did a, I told you like we did a top 100 mm-hmm. at the time of like, who are the most significant while also being best. And like, you know, historically a part of the NFL history from players, not coaches, not executives, just the right. top 100 players. Um, and I, you know, because I cover the chiefs, I wasn't part of like the selection committee. Uh, that's like more of Mike Sandoz work, uh, you know. And so basically Brendan, uh, my editor, came to me and he was like, all right, you have Tony Gonzalez 
which I was like, yeah, makes sense. Hall of Famer. Yeah. Great tight end. Yeah. Yep. Like, I've had conversations with Tony. Cool. Like, that shouldn't be a problem. And he's like, and then you have uh, Bobby Bell. And I said, oh, because I thought I was going to get Willie Lanier. Yeah. I think that went to, I think that went to Rustin, Rustin Dodd. Um, and so, <laughs> what's the first thing about research? I just called my dad. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me about Bobby Bell. And then... It, what's so what's so great is you were just like yeah there was really no one like him and then you and then I turn on YouTube and this is before I talk to Bobby like this is before I call him mm-hmm. I'm just like oh my dad is extremely right because I think you told me about the the play against the Jets yeah the I don't know if you want to walk people through that but just like oh like that that play looks normal now but in 1969 mm-hmm. yeah I I don't remember the the exact play that Nate's talking about but I just I just remember because I watched him, you know, all my life. He was an extraordinary talent for a linebacker of his age and his generation. He was extremely fast. I think he might have ran a uh, kickoff back for a touchdown. They yes, some team was trying to. Um, I think it was the Broncos actually. Which I don't remember what team was, but they were <laughs> they were doing an onside kick and he got the ball and yes, ran it back it was for the Broncos. a touchdown. I, I'm, I'm gonna. You keep talking, but I'm going to find the clip real quick. <laughs> so so he was just, he was a great player. And obviously, you know, all of those, uh, in all honesty, um, because I've loved football all my life, when I was a lot younger and when I was in high school, you know, I knew really all of those uh, players on the Chiefs team. I, I knew every player by name. And so, all their defensive players, Curly Cole, Bobby Bell. What were they Will thinking? Lanier, they, were, <laughs> they were all extraordinary players. And obviously, you know, way back when, it was really only two great teams in the AFC. It was the Chiefs and the Raiders. And so, uh, you know, the Jets got there once through a bowl. But really, for a long time, it was really the Chiefs and the Raiders who were really the best teams in the, in the AFL back then. I'm watching the uh, the kickoff return touchdown right now. Actually, this onside kick scoops it up from the front line, and just you just see <laughs> shoulder pads and a gazelle wearing them. I mean, truly incredible. I'm so glad that you mentioned him in particular because you know, obviously, with Lynn Dawson passing recently, he he was always a figure that I always you know respected as as royalty. But that's yeah. easy to do with a quarterback sometimes, right? Like yeah. he he was the quarterback for this city. And the only legitimate answer to that question for 50 years. Yeah, yeah. But but guys like Bobby Bell and Willie Lanier and some of those others, I, I've grown to appreciate them so much more whenever people have said, hey, go back and watch them. And then yeah. remember what year they're playing in. Because yeah. that, that history is unreal. And, and, and I just, I just want to say, you know, for those who may not truly understand how great Lynn Dawson really was, he was an absolutely great quarterback. And if he was in the offenses of today, uh, a lot of he he would he would hold a lot of the records. And I would also like to say that uh, it's a very great travesty that Otis Taylor is not in the Hall of Fame. Oh, do it, Dad! Just just mm, I mean, if, was, if, time. if you want to rent, here it is. <laughs> there were two great wide receivers back then. One was Paul Warfield, and one was Otis Taylor. 
And I'm talking about speed and talent and ability and catching the ball. Um, I remember very vividly the one-handed catch that Otis Taylor made against the Washington Redskins when they beat them when they played in Municipal Stadium. Uh, I forget what year that was, but he was just an absolutely great fast receiver. Obviously, there were a lot of great receivers. Um, uh, I can't think of what the guy's name. He was number 13 for the Jets. Um, his name is escaping me right now. Uh, Warren Wells with the Raiders was a great receiver. Cliff Branch was a, with the Raiders was a great receiver. Fred Belitnikoff with the Raiders was a great mm -hmm. receiver. Mm -hmm. But Otis Taylor is right there with him. There's no doubt about it. And like I said, if if they were playing in today's NFL, you know, they would all be household names. Uh, Otis Taylor's on the uh, on the like senior ballot for the Hall of Fame this year, right? I think I, I was going to try to get that yeah, yeah. specifically. <laughs> I believe he was, but I don't know if you remember that. I remember calling you and saying that, like, I don't, I don't think he was a part of the the finalist group. Like, he was a semifinalist, but I don't oh, think he. God, I, don't think really? he made the, I don't think he made the finalist list. Um, yeah, that was a while back. Does I, uh, does Don yeah, Ma Don Maynard Don, Don Maynard, Maynard makes yeah. it. okay sounds uh, yeah. yeah yeah Lance Allworth. I think he was with the Chargers. They were all great receivers. Otis Taylor's right there with all of them. Yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm now secondhand frustrated by this. <laughs> like, wait a second. Hold on. Hold on. How did they how did they get this wrong for so long? And how have they not fixed it by now? Like if but, anyone if anyone ever watches the video of Paul Warfield's highlights and then goes back and watch the videos of Otis Taylor's highlights, you will understand exactly what I'm saying. It's 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 incredible. It's incredible. We uh we're obviously switching sports now, but I've had a couple of chances. And Nate, I know you've had many uh, chances to talk to Bob Kendrick a little bit over yeah. the last couple of years. Mm -hmm. And and legitimately, Buck O'Neill not getting into the Hall of Fame while he would have still been here to, to give the acceptance speech. And as I have learned that story and the way too late, you know, fixing of that induction, mm -hmm. uh, it has legitimately changed how I view Hall of Fame. Uh, how I view the, the inductions, the voting process, like every element of it. Because if that one wasn't easy, and if Otis Taylor isn't easy, what are we doing out here, guys? I mean, this is... <laughs> yeah. It is a museum to celebrate the sport. Yeah. Right, right, yeah. Well, you know, baseball. That's baseball, your answer. Baseball getting That's in its own answer. way shouldn't surprise That's your answer. me. No, you're well, right. you're right. you know, baseball. <laughs> baseball. <laughs> That's uh, actually fair. Yeah. No, I, um, I think... Well, I do know this, Dad. Uh, do you have any any take on the Broncos? Any any thoughts? <laughs> any thoughts on Russell Wilson? Because I think probably speaking. I, of, hey, hold on, Nate. I, I, I got the segue. Hey, speaking of players who had their peak about sixty years ago, Russell Wilson. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Like, would you? Do you want to talk more about? The Broncos are more about the Bengals, or is there another point earlier in the season that you think will um, be significant or relevant when they actually, you know, play playoff game or games? Well, let's touch on the Broncos first, because uh, in all honesty, I haven't looked at them. In Why any, would you? They're because <laughs> it, it, exactly, uh, because you know, early on in the season, it was made very clear that their coach was not um, 
ready to be a head coach at that point. Um, I appreciate what Andy Reid said, I guess, was yesterday or the day before that, you know, they can't take them lightly because they're, you know, uh, basically uh, seconds away from being good in, on different plays in, the, mm-hmm. in their game. So I, I totally get that. And you cannot take anyone in the NFL lightly. You just and, can't. And this this is this is one of my favorite times of the season because you mm-hmm. you told me about this. I don't know years ago. Exactly when I was when exactly. I was maybe say when, it say maybe, it maybe when I was like <laughs> what was it middle school high school yeah yeah and you know I, I'll set it up for you but basically it's you know ruffling the newspapers back then or like we would watch you know NFL primetime I'd be like what like how did this team with losing record beat that team exactly. with winning record and then you would say what that so I told. I've told Nate this because you got to remember, I'm a Chiefs fan. And all those years when the Chiefs were horrible (laughs) in December, they would beat teams like the Chargers with with uh, Dan Fouts. Mm -hmm. And you have to understand that when December rolls around, it's not simply about the playbook. It's not simply about scheme. It's not simply about talent. It's about. I better play good or they're going to get somebody to replace me next year. People are playing for their jobs. Playing for jobs. They're playing for their jobs now. So the Chiefs are obviously better than the Broncos, but that doesn't mean anything because the the Broncos have real motivation, which is I want to be on the team next year. And you've got to take you've got to take that seriously. That's why you have so, so you have so many upsets in December. And every agent will take a clip of you doing well against the Chiefs and will send it to twenty other teams. Exactly. exactly. See, hey, this is what my guy is capable of. It was a bad season, as 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 Mike just said. He was coached bad. He was coached by a bad coach. Come on, man. Like let let him let us let us get him in your system, and we'll figure it out. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So, you know, that's a, yeah. One of the coaches literally said something like that today, which is so, I think it might've been the enemy. I, I, I can't remember what the order was, but somebody just sort of casually dropped that phrase of like, they're playing for jobs out there. I was like, yeah. Hey, he actually, he actually said the thing that like kind of makes it sound like, you know, he's admitting that the Broncos know this is the playoff team, yeah. but it's true. Like that's that, that is a powerful force. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's the reality. Yeah. Any thoughts on, on, you know, we were, we texted a little bit Sunday, um, by the way, uh, Cincinnati Stadium is, it's unique. Mm-hmm. It's, Tell me about it. It's unique. Um, <laughs> um, man, it, it, but what I mean by that is, you know, like the Chiefs are thinking about a new stadium, which I'm sure you have a certain feeling about that. Uh <laughs> But, like, the Bengals are a team where it's just like, oh, wow, they have a good team and, like, they're going to make, like, legitimate money. They're not one of the – you know, they have the reputation for, like, Mm -hmm. one of the cheapest franchises. And the stadium kind of reflects that when you, like, really look at it. Um, So, who knows? Maybe Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase and Zach Taylor will have, you know, like, nice new building. Similar to, like – like, people forget, like, the Colts used to play at the RCA Dome. Mm -hmm. Terrible, terrible venue. Um, and now Lucas Oil is really nice. But as we were texting, um, 
I know people want your thoughts on Orlando Brown. And <laughs> <laughs> see, see how I tried, guys? I tried. Um, and and how did you how did you take the game? Because uh, we both thought, and tell me if I'm wrong, Dad, but we both thought that like by them not getting that fourth down right before halftime, that all of a sudden it might be the reverse where hey, maybe exactly. the, maybe the Chiefs sort of race in the second half exactly. and then that that didn't happen. Exactly. I I uh I really thought the Chiefs played good. I thought they had a good game plan. Um and obviously if the uh Bengals are gonna line up their linebackers so far back from the line of scrimmage as they were doing, then mm-hmm. you have to take advantage of that and you have to run the ball. So I was very impressed that on that third down play, they handed the ball off to Pacheco and he got the touchdown because that was exactly what they should have did. Uh, There were a lot of, they made a lot of good decisions. Obviously uh, our cornerbacks, um, this is a good experience for them. And I think like Andy said, I think it's going to be a really good learning experience for them. Um, I was telling Nate at the beginning of this season uh, and I'm just being honest, I, I thought at the very beginning of the season that this defense would not be nearly as good as it is. And I thought that this was a learning year and that next year we'd be ready to roll. Oh, are you are you trying to reframe people's opinions during, during, I, during the season? I honestly believe <laughs> that uh if our cornerbacks can can grow into their positions a little bit more. Uh, that uh, we have every opportunity to go to the Super Bowl again this year. And I I, I firmly believe that um, we were just a couple ticks off on a couple plays in that game. And if the cornerbacks make those plays, you know, we get them off the field, we get more possessions for Patrick Mahomes. And uh, I honestly, honestly believe we win that game. I honestly think that we would have won the game Regardless, if uh, Kelsey would not have fumbled the ball, and and obviously I'm not disparaging Kelsey, I I have mad love for the dude. He's a he's, a, he's the best tight end I've ever seen in my lifetime, mm, and mm. that and the, I I've seen them all. I've seen them all, <laughs> and he is by the far he's by far the best I've ever seen. Um, in terms of Orlando Brown, and this is just this is my opinion. I don't want to get Nate in trouble. This is my opinion. (laughs) (laughs) I thought that he improved significantly last year from the beginning of the season to the end of the season. But it is obvious, as far as I'm concerned, that he's not the answer. He's regressed this year. And I don't think he's the answer. I'm I'm hoping that... uh, the Chiefs look elsewhere for a left tackle because uh, the thing that disappointed me, and I told Nate this, the thing that disappointed me was that, okay, you get you get beat around the edge with a speed rush. I understand that. He's a big dude. He's not the fastest guy. In the world. I understand that. But then you can't give up on the play. You got to go back and block the dude and let Patrick Mahomes scramble around and, and, and find somebody to open downfield. So, and, and, uh, and when you look at that play, Juju is – is becoming wide open. Yep. That, yep, that sure is. That really, that really, uh, I'll say it this way, that really burns me. 
And if I was, uh, uh, what's his name, Veach? Yes, Brett Veach. If the I was the Brett general Veach, manager. If I was Brett Veach, I'd be having all my scouts Monday, this past Monday, looking at every left tackle in college. And I would, I would, I would let Orlando go. I would get the best free agent left tackle available, and then I would draft somebody because whether people realize it or not, you know, Eric Fisher gets disparaged a lot. And obviously he was way back when, when the Chiefs had the number one draft choice, he was the guy that they selected. And I just like everybody else was like, you got to be kidding me. (laughs) (laughs) But with that said, with that said, he became an extremely good left tackle. And uh we've got to find somebody. We've got to find somebody good like that. I'm I'm sorry we we really do because you know, it's okay to chip on one side. You can't chip on both sides. You you, yep. you got to have you got to have one tackle and preferably the left tackle because Patrick Mahomes is right-handed quarterback that you know when you snap the ball, I don't have to worry about that side of the field. I that side's covered, you know. And so uh, that that that's my honest feeling, my honest belief. And uh, if I was spending the money, if I was Clark spending the money, uh, I'd say goodbye to Orlando. Um, Josh, this is our first of uh, <laughs> our first like mini segment towards the twenty twenty three track. <laughs> yeah, it's good. And hey, you know what? Here, one hundred percent, man. There are, I don't know, 90% of Chiefs fans have had this conversation with somebody else this week. Like that, we talked about this, I think it was on the last episode, that like when Orlando Brown loses, it looks the worst it could possibly look sometimes. I mean, it is it is a like painful experience yeah. whenever you see Patrick Mahomes be half a second away from pulling off a miracle and your your left tackle gets beat to the inside and then gets beat even back to the spot again or or, hey, you know. Takes his takes his uh, his play uh, call, calls the play over a minute before it actually is. Yeah. Okay. How kind you're feeling. Okay, so um, this is like I you know I think I looked at this when it came out. I think it was a, what was it last week or so. Um, but hey, shout out to our guy Dame Brugler. Uh, yeah, our draft oh, guru. Oh, are you in already? Are you I'm in? already in. <laughs> oh man! All right, all right. Oh. So Dad, you're you're rec- you're you're the scout banging the table, basically saying. We need to move past the Arizona Cardinals at seven, which is what Dane Brugler has projected, to take Paris Johnson's Jr., uh, the tackle from Ohio State. Uh, so are you going to watch the Ohio State Bucks uh, <laughs> or Buckeyes play the Georgia Bulldogs, which is actually like probably the most. That would be a worthwhile game to watch. Yeah, sure that, might, that might be the most like, really honest that assessment good, you get. Yeah, exactly. That would be the game to watch. That would uh, be the game to watch. He, here's what Dane has written in his paragraph about the scout. <laughs> or his, his paragraph, Scouting Paris Johnson Jr. Paris Johnson Jr. is an impressive mover for his size. Even when he misfires with this punch, he can recover and win because of his natural gifts. Johnson is still learning, but his mistakes are fixable and mostly due to inexperience not lack of ability. How long has he been playing? I, I got to look that up. But yeah. that 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 sounds like what you want, though. Yeah. Based on based on what you just said. Yeah. I wonder about this tackle class. I don't know anything about it yet, but I would love to click There's, over and eventually Matt, have Dane say there are fifty. 
15 first round quality uh, left tackles in this round. Oh, I, I can tell you this right now. They're not saying that. No, now, no, now, you're right. Now, 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 Josh, you have to understand. You have to understand. I'm, I'm crazy. <laughs> I, 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 I say that straight out before I say what I'm about to say. I'm crazy. The only video game that I still play is Madden football. That's right. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so I've been in franchise mode. Yes. I know how to draft. I don't care. Uh, we, you know, we may not be able to move up to number seven, but there's got to be a way we can move up to number 10. And oh, he, and do it again? And even if that means, even if that means letting a second or third rounder go in the 2024 draft, mm-hmm. we've got to get there to get somebody that's really good. Hey, you know where the draft isn't in 2024? Kansas City. <laughs> Bleep 2024. Bleep 2024. Exactly. <laughs> I, I really do. And make I, that make that splash this year. Make that splash I, this year. You have planted a seed in my brain that is going to be in there until the end of April because the idea of the Chiefs trading out of the first round in this draft seems impossible. No, they're right. not going to do that. Right, right. Clark's not doing take, that. They're not doing but that. But they say, hey, look, we'll give up that first round pick next year and move up to 10 again. We'll do the Mahomes formula because that pick next year is going to be 30, 31, 32. Yeah, you know and it. we're going to go get a tackle that's going to protect Patrick Mahomes' blindside on a rookie contract for We've five years. we got to do that. You got to be right. You can't you can't trade up and get that wrong. Exactly. But, exactly. but oh boy, I could see the Chiefs talking themselves into that and I could see myself talking myself into and, that. And and the funny thing too is like, you know, we'd have these conversations when I was growing up, but like you sort of we knew that the general manager at the time, Carl Peterson, mm-hmm. was not that wasn't his style. Right. So it it angered my dad to no oh, sense. God. We don't want to talk about Carl Peterson. We, don't we do. We do. do Actually, that. we do. I just we don't I just want to do that. Do. <laughs> but I. But like, so that is the that is the one difference now is that you know you have a coach and a, and a general manager that is that is willing to be you know aggressive more yeah. so than than Marty Schottenheimer and Carl yeah. Peterson when I was growing up. Yes, and, and I I be, be, because I've played uh, the game and because I. In all honesty, I because I watched football for so long, I've seen so many offensive styles, so many defensive styles. I've incorporated all that stuff in into into playing the game, and so you have to understand that it doesn't matter how good your scheme is or how good your system is. Are you are you going to say something? You've that gotta pretty- have players who can who can implement your system. You know. Mm. And so I'm a firm believer after playing Madden football, I'm a firm believer that there are times when you have to swing for the fences and and get that player that you think is really going to be a difference maker. You know, when the Chiefs. Are you are you saying are you are you criticizing Kyle Shanahan right now? Is that what you're doing? <laughs> but no. you just don't want to say it out loud. No, no, not no, not at all. What I, what I'm about. I'm, most, I'm mostly joking. What, yeah, I, what I'm what about saying. to say is when the Chiefs moved up to number 10 to get Patrick Mahomes. I I, I, we I, call, texted, we talked that night. I texted that. They got to get a quarterback. They got to freaking get a quarterback. And then they got Patrick Mahomes, who I knew nothing about. I thought they were going to get uh, uh, Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Washington. Yep, sure. 
But then when I heard all the reports of of them testing Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid talking about the fact that he was the best one on the whiteboard, mm-hmm. I knew because I've watched Andy Reid's, you know, all those years when he was in Philadelphia, I knew we had a true, legitimate franchise quarterback. And I knew that day that the whole history of the Chiefs was going to change. And I think, you know. And we had that conversation on the phone. Yeah. Like it was yeah. it was late. It was late yeah. that Thursday night yeah. or whatever. Yeah. I was covering uh what's what's crazy is like I was talking, I'll never forget that day because uh if everything lines up the way I think it does, basically it's whatever, late it's it's I believe it's April twenty-seventh, twenty seventeen. Uh obviously, like you said, you text me. Mm-hmm. Um <laughs> I'm talking to like NBA agents and I don't want to give like a ton away here, but I'm like, I have two things in my brain. One of which is, <laughs> have you heard anything about Larry Bird? Which I was trying to like piece the puzzle to that. And then the other side was my dad being like, they just drafted a quarterback, which of course <laughs> had never happened in my lifetime. Never. So, so what ended up happening was, um, Eventually, Larry Bird stepped down as the president of basketball operations mm-hmm. for the Indiana Pacers. Mm-hmm. Got it. And uh, let's just say perhaps I was too busy talking to my dad about, oh, did you see that throw? Did you see this throw? <laughs> did you see that throw? He can make all the throws. Oh, God. Oh, God. <laughs> and, and you got to remember, I, I didn't know. Anything about Patrick Holmes? Uh, and you when we saw the, the when we saw the highlights, you like, oh Texas my Tech? god! <laughs> you weren't watching Texas Tech on Saturday. <laughs> 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 like, I think so many people had that experience of who his name is Patrick. Who yeah. Texas? Oh, I don't watch a lot of Texas. Oh my lord! Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah we just, he just threw a laser. Yeah, <laughs> on the run, going, going, oh, yeah, going sure. the opposite direction of the yeah. field. Yeah. yeah, so we like, I yeah, I'll just never forget that because, and I need to, I guess I'll Google it here in a minute, but I just remember calling that agent back and being like, "I'm so sorry, I was too busy worrying about." <laughs> this is like conversations like weeks later, uh, but it was just like, okay, well that makes sense, or like obviously like rumors had started about that. Mm-hmm. It was starting to like spread. Around the league, but it, like it's just like, well, you know, I, I could have made some calls. I could have texted some people, but you have to understand, my hometown football team drafted a quarterback in the first round. Hey, and it worked out. It worked out. It would be. It would have been wild if you would have gotten here to cover the Chiefs again and been like, uh, yeah. So I know a lot about Larry Bird stepping down. This quarterback <laughs> not familiar. Yeah. Either they're trading yeah. up for Reuben Foster. I don't know. I, I cover the round ball sport. Yeah. 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 Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24 7 US based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card.
And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight? Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. I got a couple. Of, I got a couple of questions of my own for you guys, and I know Nate, you are you've been on Twitter with some of those. Yeah. Do you want to do you want to get to some of the the Twitter Q and A, um, and and do you want me to to ask uh, at least the one I have in the chamber to while you while you pull those up or how are you feeling? Yeah, yeah. Give give us like a, a few minutes here because uh, I think um, my dad's gonna take a break really quick. He'll be back. Cool. Um, All right. He's Excellent. just gonna use the restroom. Um, because we're in the, we're we in the same. We don't have enough intermissions room. on this show. Huh. We don't have enough intermissions on this show. We yet. really I don't. Feel like, I feel like we could use a break. Yeah, well, we just we just keep going. Um, yeah. By the way, course. in terms of, uh, I'm sure people are probably wondering, like, in terms of injury report. I guess I can do that now. Um, no, 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 no. Shh, no, 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 no. Whisper. Hold on. How do you feel like this is going? Oh, incredibly. <laughs> I, I agree. I agree. I've been through. I, this has gone even better than I expected. And I had very high expectations. Okay, injury report. Um. So, I think Kadarius Tony's going to play. Um, that will be my, I guess my one, uh, you know, guess projection. Um, I, I get the sense that, uh, in watching him in today's practice, they're like, okay, he looks to be trending in the right direction on Wednesday. Andy Reid basically said, um, you know, we'll just see how it goes, which has become his stock answer for any injury in the 2022 season. Um, if, if you listen to these press conferences, uh, ladies and gentlemen, this man says, we'll see, um, all the time. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's a smoke bomb. It's a smoke bomb phrase. Yeah. It's, uh, it, it's really, he's really impressed me this year where he's like, ah, I found it. <laughs> well, you know, we'll see. 
coach, he's, he's out for six weeks. We'll see. <laughs> Is he day to day? We'll see. Okay. Oh, uh, thanks, coach. Coach didn't see McCole Hardman out there. Uh, he'll be back to practice tomorrow. Yeah, you know, you know, Nate. We'll see. McCole Hardman placed on injured reserve. Like, right. That? Hey, coach. <laughs> By the way, Sean McVay is just like, yeah, man, he tore his ACL on the second snap of the third quarter. And, um, yes. like, Sean McVay, to his credit, is just very honest about things. He's also um, honest about his, like, own assessment because uh, we're recording this Thursday evening. And I guess Baker Mayfield might play for the Rams. I mean, just unbelievable. There, there are people who will turn on Thursday Night Football tonight and learn that Baker Mayfield is a Ram, potentially while he starts the game. <laughs> Who's that 17 anyway. guy? Who, what? Yeah, yeah, who's number 17? Former first-round pick, Baker Mayfield. So, I think Tooney will play. Um, Andy Reid pretty much said that on Wednesday, basically saying it was his decision to not have Tooney play Thursday, uh, mm-hmm. just for precautionary reasons, another week to, like, have, I guess, have his ankle fully healed. Um, the one question mark, but, like, I, I mean, we all know the player, Nick Bolton, has a groin injury. Uh, he's been limited over the last two days. Um, so that might explain why his performance was a little bit abnormal compared to what he's had you know, or compared to what he's done all season. But, um, you know, I think he took uh, – well, he took the first reps, obviously. He took reps with the first team today. It's just they were in a limited capacity, which I like to remind people, when you're limited, it means you take one less rep than you normally would. So it could be mm-hmm. one rep, literally one rep, or it could be 40, depending on whatever the day is that they're working on. Mm-hmm. Um, so – Hopefully we'll get an answer from Andy on Friday as to whether or not Nick Bolton is in any jeopardy of playing. Um, but his groin injury might explain if it happened during Sunday's game why he wasn't as effective as he normally is. On but, Tony, uh, you mentioned that that Reed said that you know they're holding him out. I think he said the phrase like you know don't don't want him to get out there and have it get worse. Maybe right. again. I think he may have used the word again. Right. That's what happened the first time. Do you? This is. We were so excited about Kadarius Tony for like two weeks, and that this is the part of the conversation that is why it wasn't a first round pick, or why he's not still in New York, I guess. But are you getting the feeling that, that they're like gonna just be ultra ultra careful with him at all times? Are mm. they gonna be ultra careful with him just for this hamstring injury and then think it's gonna be fine? Or are they like, yep, you know, but with most of these guys, it feels like as soon as you can mostly play, you can probably be out there. If you're right. practicing, you're you're playing. I, I'm very curious if you've seen anything other than the usual from the Chiefs, specifically how they handle Tony's hamstrings. I, I think for all the reasons you mentioned, Josh, that this game will sort of um, give them an answer as to whether they should do that for the rest of the regular season or if they feel like we can treat him normal under, you know, whatever his normal role snaps are. I mean, he's still relatively young in the offense. Um, very, yeah. But, yeah, you know, the fact that he didn't play in the second half against the Chargers game and he's missed the you know the last two essentially. Um, you would think that they would take it easy on Kadarius, but you know the reason he played so much in the Jacksonville game was because you know uh, Juju Smith Schuster's uh, concussion. Um, you know McCall Hartman had already been put on IR at that point. So as more guys get healthy, including him, um, maybe they can do it a way that is effective both for the rest of the regular season and then he's fully up to speed for the playoffs. But I think we'll get that answer on Sunday if he is in uniform. Uh, are, we, are we back at full strength as a show again? I felt like I heard a, a yeah. second uh, throat yeah. clear there. Excellent. 
here's here's my here's my take, Mike. I want to I want to just see if we can if we can get a uh, a heat check for you on the the offense altogether. Obviously, Tyreek Hill gets traded in the offseason. I'm mm-hmm. curious what you thought about that is a proponent of, you know, some big Madden moves, which, by the way, I love. I just bought the new one for my <laughs> Steam Deck so I can play franchise mode and handheld mode. Oh. I, you, you, you immediately, like, I was already considering lowering Nate and my Taylor family power rankings. <laughs> and I'm not going to say where he was, but if you are also ranking Holly and Hayden, I'm saying Nate's barely holding on to the metal stand. Anyway. <laughs> Uh, what did you What did you think of like the the overhaul that the Chiefs ended up doing at their at their their pass catching positions? And now we're here where the offense has has looked a little bit a little bit stiff at times, specifically when they haven't had Hardman or Tony out there. And uh, I'm I'm interested in, in how you how you viewed all that. Okay, here we go. <laughs> oh yeah, oh, Nate, I didn't even know this is going to be a good one. Nate knows me. He knows how I play Madden. Okay, mm-hmm. so let me just backtrack. Yes. The 2018-2019 Chiefs wide receivers, okay, is the way that I draft and play Madden football. I have God to have bless my you. whole my whole offensive scheme is based on speed oh, and a good yes. offensive line because if you have if you have a great left tackle and you have speed receivers then you got protection, which gives you a half second more to let somebody run down the field and catch the ball. So uh, I totally understand why they let uh, Tyreek go. Uh, if I was Brett, if I'm being honest, and if if I'm Brett Veach, I would not have paid him the money. Okay, mm. because I know. Chris Jones' contract is coming up, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and there ain't no way on God's green earth I'm gonna let Chris Jones go. Somebody send this to Seth immediately. Okay, he, Seth's gonna if, have to listen if, to this episode. If they if they let Chris Jones go at the end of this year, that you know, as be real long. <laughs> me as a lifelong <laughs> Chiefs fan is gonna go ballistic. Okay, yes. So I understand why they did it. Okay, me personally. Um, I'm very happy that they got, uh, uh, MVS from Green Bay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. I don't know if he fully understands the pass routes yet. I'm just, I'm just being honest. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's got, he's got the speed and I need the speed. So I, I'm hoping that, uh, with this year and him going through this entire season, I think he's under contract for next year. I could be yeah. wrong. Yep, he is. Yep, come, yep. But but I'm hoping that as he goes through this season as he, and as he goes through another offseason, that next year that speed will will really tell. Uh, I love uh, Watson. I love that pickup. Uh, me personally, and I don't know where the – it's been too long now. I can't remember way back when the draft took place. But um, I would have, I would not have taken uh, the the rookie wide receiver that we got this year, Sky Moore. Sky, Sky Moore. I, I, I would have, I would have taken Dotson, uh, who's Ooh. with the Packers. Ooh. That that's where I would have gone. Oh, you mean you mean uh, you mean Christian Watson with the yeah, Packers. Christian Watson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, everybody that, everybody knows my love for him on, on this. Yeah. Show. yeah, yeah, yeah. That also that's, is genetic. That's that's where I would have gone. Okay, because He's so good because I. Th- I think that 
you know, my 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 offensive system is not based on quickness getting in and out of breaks. My my scheme is based on speed. And he has he has great speed, you know. Mm-hmm. So that's so that's just me. But I but I like, you know, I was telling Nate at the beginning of the year, I didn't know about Juju Smith Schuster, but yeah. He he is re- he's really a lot better than I thought he was. He's really a lot better than I thought. And I hope the Chiefs can make a way, you know, find somebody to keep him. But first things first, and first things first is Chris Jones. We got to get that man paid, and then we <laughs> we got then we then we can see about you know Juju. I, I, um, just for clarity mm-hmm. and and for accuracy standpoint, um, the Green Bay Packers took him with the second pick in the second round. So the Chiefs did not have a. She, you know, well, they had. A, hey, listen, they had they a good had, chance. They 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 had that option at thirty. Would have been. They had, yes, been they had that option at, pick yeah. or. Um, yeah, I would. That, that yeah. receiver section. That's that's that, yeah. again. That's just me. I would have. I would have taken him over Carl Loftus. But that. But that's just me. That's just me. Because Nate knows when I play in franchise mode with Madden, my first picks the first two years is the fastest. Wide receivers on the board who can actually catch the ball, <laughs> and the fastest cornerbacks. <laughs> That's what I'm doing the first two years of the draft. Then the third year, I get my franchise quarterback, and I get him in the third year with the hope Everything that the receivers yeah. can catch the ball better because they're no longer rookies. And then you get a quarterback who can actually throw deep, and then uh, and then obviously. Somewhere in there, in that, in that, before you get the quarterback, you got to get that left tackle. One, one of the best parts of Madden growing up, as we were playing it more and more, was yeah, you would take that guy with the four two speed, exactly, and then he could not actually catch the ball. <laughs> and I'm like, and like, and Dad would be like, God, that's so realistic. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> and so, and so when when the game finally got uh, modernized to where you could like, you know train them up during the part of the during certain segments of the season that became a little bit more manageable but yeah when we when you were just like well tell me who, tell me who the fastest guy in the draft class take him and yeah. it's just like god he can't catch <laughs> <laughs> uh, i just looked at the clock and realized that we are very near the end of showtime this one's absolutely flown by because i've i've just gotten to sit here can, and can, uh, think can about I, how- can i share one story Oh yeah, yeah. No, I want to make sure we got plenty of time for anything. Okay. Anything anybody wants to get off their chest, I want to get. I want to get Chiefs Broncos predictions from both of you. Um, and and yeah, we, we got a, a few minutes to to wrap up. And okay. certainly, if you got a story, the floor is absolutely yours. Okay, I I just want to share this story because this for me uh, encapsulates uh, my love for the Chiefs, my love for Nate, and 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 a big reason. I think a big reason why he is. Uh, where he is right now, because everybody knows, uh, you know, I work at Home Depot. Nate has one of my two dream jobs. All right. Mm. So I want to share this because um, some people may know this, but when Nate was young, I would let him stay up and watch Monday Night Football. Yes. And uh, this was back in the Marty Schottenheimer years. Unfortunately, this was this was in one of those bad seasons and not bad in the sense that the team was not good, but bad in the sense that everybody was using drugs. And so, (laughs) (laughs) so this one, this one night, it was Monday night game. I'm 99% sure we were playing the chargers. And for whatever reason, because we didn't normally do this, but for whatever reason, we had the broadcast on TV 
and we had the radio on the Chiefs radio broadcast mm-hmm. on at the same time. Mm-hmm. So this was the game where uh, the the game went into overtime, and this was back when Mark Vanover was the uh, punt returner, mm-hmm. and so uh, I just I just like to share this story because being an adult, you know, even way back then, this game brought out the kid in me, and mm-hmm. so it was a really great game, and like I said, game went into overtime. The Chargers guy punted the ball to Vanover, and he caught the seam just right, and he ran it in for a touchdown. And this was the game where back then the Chiefs had a larger crowd because they hadn't renovated the stadium. So they had over 80,000 people in the stadium. And you, when he, when, he, when, he, when he cut through and got the blocks, you could not hear <laughs> the broadcaster on TV because the crowd was so loud. And uh, we heard on the rate because we had the radio broadcast on at the same time. But that was the one of the few times in my, you, you know, Chiefs fandom that me and Nate were literally jumping up and down. <laughs> I was jumping up and down just like a kid <laughs> because it was it was absolutely incredible. And I've had you know a lot of great moments, but I just want to share that one moment That's because awesome. uh, that was that was one of. The, that was one of the highlights of uh, me and Nate watching Chiefs football together. And I'm and I'm, I'm and I'm playing it right now on on my phone. Yeah, it was the Chargers. It, it was it was it was incredible. It was absolutely incredible. And I don't know if it, you you know no one may be able to go back and watch the TV broadcast, but I mean it's really difficult to hear the broadcasters, uh, you know, talking through what's going on because. The, the crowd was literally so loud that night. And you let me That's watch awesome. the whole game. <laughs> Overtime and everything. Yeah. Which, which, you know, wonder you know, if, makes wonder, it grade what, school at this point. What wonder if Holly's <laughs> going to do that anytime soon. <laughs> <laughs> um, you got to train him right. You got to train him right. Got to. Oh, got to. I haven't really thought much um, in terms of prediction josh of course no, me this neither happens, this happens every thursday um yeah but especially I, this one i i guess i'll say like i think most people will will nod or understand and it, i guess there is some betting element to it but i guess i'll say mm-hmm. chiefs 24 bronco 16 oh okay yeah i i'm right in that same range that nine-ish point line feels about right i don't know what the over-under is because i'm sure everyone is is being baited into taking the under and i would too um, I, I think I was thinking like 24. What did you say? Wait, what did you just say? 24-16. Um, asking the Broncos to score so 16 like, points. I'm doing, no, so I, I'm gonna, I got a lot of faith in Denver. I'm going to, I'm going to go 24-13 and then Ooh. I can, I don't feel any sort of good about that, but Nathaniel Hackett kicking two field goals against the Chiefs, a total, like total loser desperation mode feels right. So I think that's one touchdown and two sad field goals. Is sort of, hey, it's sort it's of four, it's fourth and four, coach. Or we could kick a field goal. Exactly. Or, or we We're could, down or by we, eleven. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> or we bad. could kick a field goal. That's bad. Uh, they've scored sixteen points. Let's see, one, two, three, four, five times this season. So I'm placing a lot of faith in in the Denver Broncos. We're going to have a lot to say about the Chiefs in light of this game on Monday. I don't know how to predict any of it, but we're going to learn some things, I think, about both sides of the ball. 
The Broncos defense is legit good. The offense is absolute garbo. So we'll we'll probably have something to learn about that on Monday. Mike, what you thinking? Can yeah. we get a, can we get a score prediction? Um, I think sixteen points for the Broncos is probably good. Sixteen, seventeen. <laughs> the real question is uh, how close to the vest is Andy going to play this because they're going to play him again mm-hmm. in three weeks. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'm going to say twenty three to sixteen. Okay. Okay. We all like that neighborhood, though. It feels like a, not a fun, not a terribly fun game. <laughs> Just, hey, but it's on the schedule, Josh. <laughs> it's on it. the schedule. <laughs> uh, I'll do my spiel here, and then I'll let you guys figure out. I got. I'd, I'd like here. Ideally, I'll, I'll give you the warning. I would love to just get some sort of vaguely embarrassing story from Nate's childhood. Is really <laughs> how I'd like to end this show. Uh, but but Nate always, you know, gets kind of the final word of the show and, and sends us into the weekend. I'd also, I'll do the spiel before that while you guys can, you know, telepathically communicate, figure out if you've got one or not. Um, in the meantime, though, of course, Nate's got work all this week, all leading up to Chiefs Broncos, looking back at Chiefs Bengals, all on The Athletic. And if you're not subscribed already, you can do so. Theathletic.com slash timesars will take you to uh, to a link that'll show you what the deals are, what the prices are right now. And you can also give the gift of The Athletic this holiday season. I'd encourage you to do that as well. And uh, Seth, even from Florida, is continuing to post up on the Chief in the North newsletter. Go check that as well, mnchiefsfan.substack.com. We're all across Twitter, all the usual places, socials and whatnot, by Nate Taylor, real MN Chiefs fan, and at JB Briscoe. Uh, I don't know if we're going to get a, uh, we're going to get like a Papa Taylor. At Papa Taylor's probably taken. I'm sure at Mike Taylor is. So I don't know <laughs> what it's going to take to get you on Twitter. It's going to uh, take a lot, Josh. That's that, that take another <laughs> lifetime, Josh. <laughs> maybe I, maybe, maybe you, I, you can, maybe Nate can just give you my phone number and you can just text me your, your, what would have been tweets and then I won't publish them. I'll just know. Because uh, I, I <laughs> didn't know about the Madden side of you. That's that, awesome. That sounds like a plan. Uh, okay. All uh, right. Josh, Josh, I'm a minister. So I have, I have <laughs> in certain ways, bigger fish to fry. <laughs> And stop Seth. Twitter sucked him in. Look what happened to him. So good, you know, actually, good point. I know. Uh, um, but uh, hey, I do want to say too that I listen, obviously, I listen to 810 all the time. So I listen to you and, and well, all you. the guys. Uh, I work at Home Depot and I'm using the afternoon evening associates. So I get to listen to um, to Seren and, and, uh, and, uh, uh I don't want to say K Dog. What's his name? Curtis. Curtis. Curtis, Curtis. baby. No, K Dog. You'll call him K Dog. He'll yeah. respond to that. No, I, I listen. I listen to <laughs> Curtis all the time. And, 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 but I, I love all you guys. You know, I really do. Yeah. Thank you. I appreciate that. Well, it's been a, a legit treat to have you on this show today. I, I have really, really enjoyed this episode. I have no doubt uh, that everybody listening has as well. So. Um, any stories that Nate probably doesn't want to tell himself that you might be able to let slip to send us all into the weekend? Okay. You want to tell him about the, we want to tell him about the AFC, like the AFC. 19- it also, just to be clear, doesn't have to be sports related at all. I mean, well, if you've I got guess, a story about him messing sure. his pants way later than it should. Sure. Do, Up what, to you. Dealer's choice. What, Dealer's what, choice. One memory I have, uh, like it was yesterday, and we've obviously talked about it before, it was mm-hmm. the 1993 AFC Divisional Playoff game against Houston. Because, oh, yeah. Is that going to be embarrassing yeah. for you? Because I really do need it to be embarrassing for Nate. <laughs> I don't know if that's embarrassing. It's not embarrassing, but... Uh, uh, let me share Let me share one thing, and uh, hopefully Nate won't get too 
too too upset. It's too late. It's too late. (laughs) Sorry, too late. The very you have to you you have to remember now. I'm a I'm a huge I'm people who know me. Okay, people who know me know that no matter wherever I live, my home address is one Arrowhead Drive. Okay, so so let's so let's let's just get that out of the way. Yeah, Clark Clark's got you. The first. (laughs) The first game I ever took Nate to. Oh, okay. And we yeah. were six years old. Yeah. Was the nineteen ninety four season Chiefs against the Chargers. And it yeah. was obviously here at Everhead Stadium. Mm-hmm. Joe Montana was the quarterback. And obviously nineteen ninety four, right after nineteen ninety three, when if 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 we would have <laughs> if 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 Joe would not have gotten knocked out in that game, he still believes it, guys. We would have won that Super Bowl. He I'm still believing no it. About, it would have, it would have been just like Tom Brady in his first year with Tampa Bay. It would have been just like that. It, it would help mm. if it would help if Kimball Andrews caught you know the, the <laughs> that f- would help f- too. Football but, by the but, goal line, but it doesn't matter because fourth quarter he would have figured it out. He, yeah, he would have figured it out. That, 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 that is yeah. That, that is, game against Houston, I still have that game on my VHS tape. Okay. By the way, uh, <laughs> the 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 story about that is I fell asleep. So everybody in my house, I woke I woke up to everybody in my house like celebrating. It's like what happened? It's like we're going to the AFC Championship, and I'm like, okay, uh, great, great. But, but the game against the Chargers, that was the first game I took Nate to, and uh, and. Uh, it was a really close game because the Chargers were really good that year. They went to the Super Bowl. Stan Humphreys. Based, based on that game, and, and my and my father was a Steelers fan, based on the way they beat us, I told my father midway through that season, the Chargers are going to go to the Super Bowl because we had the best team that year and they beat us. And I knew, I knew the way that they beat us that they were going to go to the Super Bowl that year. But anyway... We were winning the game. The Chargers were driving down the field. And um, I forget the player on the Chargers team that fumbled, but the the human ball magnet, Dan Salia Moore, <laughs> got the fumble. Yes. And instead of laying on the ground so the Chiefs could win the game, he got the ball and ran, and he fumbled the ball. And then the Chargers went down and won the game. <laughs> and at the end of that game, and and, and um, I, di- I didn't mention I didn't mention this, but when we got to the stadium, there was a Chargers fan sitting in one of our seats. Oh, and I was about to go get an attendant to get this guy off the. <laughs> It was a light rain that day, and obviously because of the light rain, there was a lot of you know uh, things going on that would not have normally happened, like Dan Sally Moore fumbling the ball after he got it. But be that as the case, at the at the very end of that game, because the Chargers won, uh, Nate was crying at the end of that game. Yep. <laughs> yep. Nate, you're how old then? Twenty uh, three. <laughs> <laughs> I believe he was six or seven years old that day. Yeah, I was like, I think 
yeah, six to seven years old. Yeah. But yeah, that was that was the first game we ever went. Oh to my together. god, look at that holding. <laughs> yeah. They they uh they 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 clothesline Neil Smith. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm showing him like the NFL primetime highlight or whatever. So let me let me scroll the, a little bit. But yeah. Nothing wrong with a little uh, childhood sports tears. That's that's a good. That's a very a very uh, good sign. I think that you're about to, you're about to have a whole lot of your life's mood dictated by this by this sports team. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>